Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode number 105 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here, as always, to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for being a part of the MTB Tribe once again this week. Now I just want to say a big congratulations to everybody that was at the Castle Welland Enduro there by the Vitus guys, the Vitus First Tracks guys. Um, well done everybody, it seemed like an amazing end to the season and the weather seemed to stay good for you guys. So congratulations to all the all the competitors and all the people that got involved and the marshals and everybody else that made that happen and of course Mr. Glenn O'Brien and his crew there just run a, a seamless enduro every time so well done dude and um, we look forward to more of that next year and next season so congratulations to everybody there once again. On today's show we are chatting with Yaroslav Alpazar, better known in the Irish MTB scene as simply Yari and you've probably ran into Yari if you have attended any of the race events in Ireland recently um, because he's there, he's he's a big part of the race scene, he covers it via blogs, he normally takes over somebody's Instagram account and uh, films the proceeds and everything that goes down there so he's such a character and it was really really good to get him on the show now Yari has uh, a pretty crazy background and you'll hear about it on the podcast but he now lives in Tignog just south of Dublin and he has had his fair share of travel and adventure following and covering the Spanish and Portuguese enduro seasons and we are lucky enough to have him doing the same thing for the Irish race scene now so it's great to get him on the ground it's great to it's great to see characters like Yari about the Irish racing and um, it's good to see what goes down there in you know the general day of things. If you've never been to a race meeting it's always good to see what to expect and how the day will unfold. Now Yari has published almost 1000 blog posts on his Spanish blog and he covers race recaps, interviews, tests, travel logs etc etc. The list just goes on. He's also covered the Spanish and Portuguese Enduro series for two years and he has also covered the Endurama series as well as the first ever French Enduro Championship. So the guy is busy, the guy is involved in the mountain bike scene and he is a large, large contributor to Pink Bike and has published over 50 blog posts on their site. So take an hour as we chat to Yari about Pink Bike, Trail Forks, the Irish racing, Trail Centre's Irish weather the Spanish and Portuguese racing and travelling around Europe, checking out trails, people, culture and history. So Yari, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hey Yari, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. It's good to have you on the show, man. How's things? Hi Gareth, thank you very much for having me. It's really a pleasure and honour. First time for me, hopefully everything goes, goes good. Nice weather, sunny, you know, Ireland. <laughs> um, is that a joke or is that is it raining there? No, no, it's real. It's real for real. Yesterday and today, really sunny, hot, like nineteen, eighteen degrees. That's considered hot here. Difference to Malaga. Uh-huh. So yeah, looking forward Happy to days. after the podcast go riding a little bit and then watch the World Championships in Monsanan. 
yeah, dude, you've got it planned today. That sounds amazing. That sounds awesome. Um, you're making me feel homesick, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's going to be great to chat to you. You've got a very, very interesting background. I want to know about why you came to Ireland, about covering the Spanish and Enduro, uh, the Spanish and Portugal Enduro series, your EWS stuff, your pink bike. We're going to get into it all. It's going to be good. Um, you're a character, dude, and um, I love that. I love that about the mountain bike scene. It, it just um, it, it just allows everybody in. You know what I mean? The community is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mm, one of the best things I have I've been enjoying since I came to Ireland. Is the community the community same is in in spain same in portugal i think more or less everywhere but in in ireland the thing is that it's so small so that everyone more or less know every, everyone on all the races and so I, i'm feeling already in for the i uh, one second three four seven races i've been doing already and i'm mm. riding on the on the mountains and people saying hi hi yari hi yari and you know i'm stoked like uh, I don't know these faces, but for sure it's for, from racing, so that makes you feel home. It's really nice, really good. Aye, that's cool, man. That's cool. And, you know, you've come from a, a software engineer background. You're an MTV blogger. You're, you've done social media management. You have done sports re- reporting. You're a photographer. Yep. You've you've done lots of stuff, man. You've worked with Pinkbike, as I said, and things like that. But, but you grew up in Malaga, Spain. Is that correct? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I've been living in Spain uh, last 14 years, you will say. Mm-hmm. But orig- originally, my mother is Russian. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Russia, uh, in Moscow, called Soviet Union, when it used to be still Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And my father is Cuban, you know, Kiwana, Cuba, Hav- right. wow, wow. Havana, Fidel Castro, etc., etc. So, yeah. So my mother, when I grew up, when I was just recently born with less than one year old. My mother decided to go to Cuba. So I actually grew up in Havana, in Cuba, for 28 years. I had there my first my first bike, uh, my first girlfriend, everything, you know. And then <laughs> when I was 28 years old, I decided to move to Spain. And then I lived in Spain. And in, then in Spain, I lived mostly in between Mallorca and Malaga. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. Malaga is a good spot for the mountain biking app because oh, we have. It's amazing. Yeah, because you know uh, we've got the lizard out there who you probably know. Of and, course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that looks amazing. That looks amazing. So, what brought you from there to Ireland? Well, uh, last two years, uh, you know, people in the when. The American dream or whatever, they get a Harley Davidson when you are 40, you got divorced, you get 40, you know, the crisis. Uh-huh. So my case, I got divorced. I got a van, an old trusty T4, VW T4. I set it up really basic and went for two years, two years and a half, traveling all around Europe, following all the races I could, mainly in Spain, Portugal and France. But wherever I could go, I went there. So at some point, you know, it was like, hmm. What should I do next? Uh, I wanted to do some traveling, like bit different, something different. As you mentioned, I'm a software engineer. And I'll, at this same time, I was 
still I had still working as freelance. I had still a couple of clients doing some social media also for some smaller companies and some riders and stuff like that, promoting their, their profile and stuff like that. And then I got a job offer in Dublin. Uh, people may know that in Dublin there are really big companies here, tech companies like uh, mm -hmm. Google, Facebook, Salesforce, stuff like that. So I got a good one on Verizon Connect, a big telecommunication company from the States. And I said, why not? I already knew really well the lizard, Nathan McComb, from previous racing and uh, riding with him a lot in, in Malaga with his Enduro MTV company there. Mm -hmm. I already knew also Victor Lucas, really well-known photographer from downhill scene in the 2000s and more years. And I said, why not? Let's give it a try. Uh, man, best thing I have done. Really wow. happy. Really happy here. And so I'm back to my day-to-day -day office working life, you know, from eight to five. But the rest of the time, I'm off on the mountain bike. And in between, if I can get a couple of Guinness, why not? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, it's interesting, you know, when you were offered the job in Ireland, you obviously thought, okay, well, the mountain biking's really good there, so why not? You know what I mean? If the mountain biking had been no good, would you have went? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> guess not. <coughs> Sorry, because, yeah, as you actually mentioned, I know I've been really involved with mountain biking in general. And yes, it's a big, big part of my life. So if, if the mountain bike scene is, I mean, if there are no mountains, put it that way, uh, it's difficult for me to choose, of course, because uh, what should I do? I'm not a roadie. I can do some <laughs> roadie stuff. I have done it. Actually, I have done the Wicklow 200 here. Uh, went to down to the um, south of Ireland and three days in a row. Mm, like one month ago, and I did uh, Ring of Dingle, Ring of Curry, and Ring of Beara. Uh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful landscapes. I totally recommend anyone to do go and check it out. Mm. But yeah, yeah, it was a big plus that uh, I knew that uh, in Ireland the mountain bike scene was really, really, really big. Cool, cool. So you grew up in Cuba. Uh, tell us a wee bit about that. You're right. What was your what was your mountain biking experience like there? Uh, what's the trails like? And, and why did you get interested in mountain biking? Well, Cuba, zero mountain bike. Uh, you know, there are really? some... Yeah, 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 yeah. In Cuba, it's just starting recently. Some people with some having some bit of more economical um, possibilities and <laughs> this and here. I'm following a couple of guys there. Some of them I know from before when I used to live there. A friend in Canada is trying to get something done, you know, bring people there, show them the like the common Cubans, how they live culturally speaking, not just pure mountain biking or riding, but a bit more of about history, uh, you know, local food, gastronomy, stuff like that. But it's not, not really not developed yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I used to live also two years in Dominican Republic uh, mm -hmm. before coming back to Spain and then starting all this blowing stuff and everything. And Dominican Republic is similar. They don't even uh, touch a lot the trails. Uh, trillos is in Spanish. They call it trillos, trails. And they were, they called me like the crazy single trail um, searcher or something like that. Because I said, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like access roads, you know, just five roads. And that's why they ride there in, in Dominican Republic. And they mm -hmm. have the 
highest mountains in the Caribbean, 3,000 meters high. People don't know it. And wow. it's amazing, amazing country. So I started all this, started in Spain, back in Spain, in Mallorca. When I moved there in 2005, I always got interested in cycling in general. In Cuba, I used my bicycle to go everywhere. I have mm -hmm. an old trusty, I think it was seven speed or six speed rally, road, road bike still. Yes. Wow. Uh, nowadays it would be like, oh, you are fancy, you are, but that was what I had there. <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember remember how I got it, from whom mm -hmm. I got it. Like second, third, fourth hand, maybe, for sure. And then I got a mountain bike in, in Mallorca, hardtail, starting riding with that. In Mallorca, got to meet some uh, groups. At that point, there was no Facebook, there was no WhatsApp, of course, nothing like that. We're talking about 2005. Mm -hmm. uh, at that moment, it was for, uh, forums on internet. So there is a really well-known forum in Spain, Foro MTV. Uh, it's considered to be the biggest forum in Spanish for mountain biking. And then I started writing there, asking, and then I got to meet this and the other one. And things started to move in, you know, like a weekend warrior, just yeah. <laughs> riding with the guys there in Mallorca and slowly getting up to speed on everything. And for me, before 2005, like living in Cuba, it was like a blindness. No, it was, we had no internet there, so I didn't know about nothing. I just said, what is these bikes with fat, uh, fat tires and the... What about this strange kind of, uh, you know, V brakes and this stuff? Mm. I was used only to road bikes, so it was it was interesting starting from there and then slowly getting up to speed on that and riding a lot. And 2007 was my first time in Andorra in Valnor Bike Park. Then I rented a full suspension bike and was like, wow, what <laughs> is there is no rocks, there is no rules, but a bam. Uh, on the on the first riding down, huge crash. The good thing is nothing happened. I said, okay, so there are still rocks and stuff, but the full suspension just helps you to get through them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, wow. more or less that was the, the start for me. Mallorca, rocky terrain, really harsh. Yeah, yeah, but that that's cool, man. That is such an interesting background, and it's crazy that you came from kind of the, your Cuban upbringing where the mountain biking thing just wasn't there and then you're all of a sudden, you're, it just explodes onto your scene when you get into Spain um, and obviously it's a passion for you now, it's a massive passion. Yep, yep. Did you feel that straight away when you seen these strange bikes with fat tires and these guys going down mountains and these things where you're like, wow, I need to try that? Uh, I would say it was not like that, you know, it was just I got the bike, I started riding by my own, just with a map, not even GPS, nothing, you know, at mm -hmm. this point, I just took a couple of maps, hiking maps, actually. Uh, I said, okay, this seems to like double. Then I got myself into really big troubles, you know, like 10 hours in the mountain with the bicycle on my oh, back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. And then... Uh, hiking a lot. I used to hike a lot also, so I got to meet some clubs in mountain biking club. Uh, mountain biking, no, sorry, sorry, hiking clubs in Mallorca, uh -huh. like for five, six months, non-stop, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, always hiking, then cycling, and then at some point I, I discovered this for for OMTV, got to meet all the guys. Uh, so okay, so I'm not the only one doing this. Uh, let's check it out, and then 
joined one group. They were more like, you know, cross-country stuff. I said, hmm, this is for me at least. No, it was like, this is a bit boring. Just fire out, fire road up, fire road down. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, then I checked it and then I found a group that the one that I stick with them I, each time. I still, you know, we still have the WhatsApp group and stuff. I keep uh, connection with them. Each time I go to Mallorca, I try to at least ride with them one one day or stuff like that. And actually it was progression slowly, like, okay, let's do this right, let's do this right. Everyone started to get the f- very first like kind of mountain biking uh, trails. Ah, let's check this, let's check that. And then a couple of guys that used to hike a lot, they said, okay, let's ride this this trail that seems like doable on the on the bicycle. And that time it was like, okay, let's see. No. Who gets to the bottom first? Something like that, you know, like today's Strava Wars. It was just like, let's try to do this trail and not put a foot on on the on the ground, you know, like uh-huh. zero uh-huh. foot, something like that. Don't do it fast. Trust, just try to do it, and then slowly got to know more people and here and there and the other one. Then somebody organized some bike shops, go organize the first kind of what you call now enduro race. Actually, the first one I did was in to, back in 2010 or 2009, I think it was. And actually, this race was um, organized as a, let, let me see if I can find the word, memorial uh-huh. for, a okay. yeah. That, yeah, for a guy that he was really well known on the mountain bike community in, in Mallorca that uh, he crashed on a, I think it was on a motorbike and sadly he died and then their club and the, the the bike shop that were he usually were related to they organized this kind of enduro race um interesting it was for example they had a section climbing section really tough and they said if you climb this section you will have minus five seconds so it was a bit you know mix of everything it was not just mm-hmm. downhill oriented all the time it was it was interesting and from there then just Keep, I kept like growing and growing, getting to know more people on the forum. This forum, I opened an independent uh, like uh, section about all our rights in Palma de Mallorca, Mallorca in general. People started looking at me for questions. Hey, I'm going to Mallorca, where I can go? People started coming to Mallorca and getting to know me. And and then I think that the the moment it everything like explodes, uh, answering your, your question, was uh, when I moved to Malaga due to my mm-hmm. work. At that point, I was normally working as software engineer and in the office. And I moved to Malaga for the first time near Marbella. And there I discovered another group of guys that they were doing mountain biking since ni- the first race they organized. It was 1989. Wow. Ohen bikers, yes, yes, and Poa is the main guy. Uh, is a really well known Francisco Lara. Uh, everyone knows him as Poa. He's like the heart and of mountain biking in in Malaga. Everyone that now nowadays in Malaga is like you know on on his 40s, 30s. Their first races as kids, as with nine years old, ten years old, were races organized by this guy. In in the in Oheng, on Oheng village, and I actually lived my last two years living in Spain. I was living in Oheng, mm-hmm. in, and this in this village, and they breathed 
and feel mountain biking as as them. Three thousand people only, and I I think half of them do mountain biking at some point. Really, mm-hmm. really, really good place. So starting from there, once I get there, there you are ready in the because in Mallorca you need to use always you know like a flight or ferry to get to the peninsula to the to mainland. Let's say, mm-hmm. but being there in Ohen, in Ohen, I already. So first time I went to a race, actual enduro race in Cercedilla in Madrid for the first ever enduro official enduro race. Uh, that it became next year it became the Spanish enduro series. Mm. So that was the first one I, I went to. It was 2012, and then we actually met the organizers and we managed to next year to have to include Ohen. And we managed to include Ohen for five years in a row in the Spanish Enduro Series. So, Very good. So I will say that all this Enduro stuff started about that moment, 2011-2012, when I got involved. And the first three years, let's say, I was racing, but nothing fancy. You know, from 300 riders, I was usually 200, 180. If I, if mm-hmm. I was lucky, mm-hmm. maybe 150, you know. But enjoy it, enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you do it. You know, like, I think the majority of people that race anywhere in the world, they're not really expecting to get on a podium. You know, they're just there for the, the social environment and to get out yep. with friends and enjoy the day or the weekend or whatever. Um, and that's just beautiful about the enduro thing, you know. And I think that's why it works and why it'll stay around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so it, it is really cool. Now, you have went from Malaga in that scene, uh, and we'll chat about those enduros a wee bit later. Um, you're now in Ireland. You're living in Technog, is that right, Yori? Yeah, I can, I'm can. i sitting now talking to you. Um, watch on my window. I can see Technog. I can see the antennas. It's just, but I can see it like it's five minutes away from here. When I actually started looking for a place to rent, I was 120% confident that I needed to get something around this area you know mm-hmm. and yeah. the good thing is that uh, the office I work uh, in is right here next to this place also in Sandyford so for me it's just five minutes commuting to Sandyford I get back to my place change clothes immediately and five minutes after I'm already in Tinnock riding in Tinnock and it's amazing Tinnock is really really good so yeah oh cool cool and like as far as Ireland goes, uh, how do you rate it? Do you really enjoy the riding there? How do you find it compared to Malaga and stuff? Oh, so technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean technical from the point of view and muddy, of course, wet and muddy. For me, it has been like I got here in November, last days of November past year, so it was in the middle of winter already. Mm-hmm. I got here on one Sunday. That week I was working. Uh, so getting used to the office everything Friday night I put together my bike my full suspension bike the one I brought from Spain and Saturday early morning I said okay I took trail forks I use a lot a lot a lot trail forks I'm actually I collaborate with them a lot and Spanish Mm -hmm. Ireland Portugal ambassador for them and admin and everything like that so I took trail for I said okay let's go to Tinnock and first two days in Tinnock I spent like well, I don't know, seven, eight hours in Tinnock. So like 50 kilometers per day and like 40 kilometers per second, second day. So in two days, I did everything in Tinnock. <laughs> but it was really, really difficult for me. It's like 
learning to write again, you know, because the trails here are so technical in between the trees and roots, and then in be- on top of that, of course, everything inside the na- on the natural trails mainly mm-hmm. so wet, so muddy. So for me, it's like like a you know like a small kid with uh, you know the the how you call balancer balancing mm-hmm. balancer yeah. wheels. I don't yeah, know how you. Yeah. I almost need that because inside the <laughs> give me as you say compared to Malaga or Mallorca for example give me rocks give me steep loose well on my own pace of course but I feel confident I know what I need to do I know how the bicycle will behave but here I'm going down you know just like a paintball you know pam 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 hitting <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I don't have control of the over the bike so then Slowly, I'm getting used to it. I feel a bit more confident and riding more and more and more. So, yeah, helps. It helps. But the main difference, I would say, was the wet and, and mud. Nothing compared to mainly, you will say, like from Madrid or downwards, everything is most, mostly dry and rocky. And as you approach the Mediterranean Sea, it's more more like that. Valencia is all, all always the same, more or less the same terrain, mm-hmm. all that like that. Except then you, when you go to the north, Galicia, Asturias, uh, País Basque, all this area, then they have a more similar terrain and weather to Ireland. Less cold, of course, and a bit less rainy, but they have tons of rain there, so they are more used to mud and everything. But mainly technical stuff in between these really slow trails where you need to pedal on each you know after each tree pedal root pedal again mm-hmm. another then slip then uh, <laughs> pedals to go up here and then uh, in spain is more like maybe four or five kilometers long trail you know with a drop of 500 meters drop that mm-hmm. here in ireland is really hard to find because there are no high mountains but then you do that four or five kilometers long trail on the same time that here you do one and a half kilometer mm-hmm. because that four or five kilometers maybe has two free sections of i don't know like half kilometer maybe 600 meters 700 meters, where it's just tuck pray for the best and let it go you know don't touch mm-hmm. the brakes you don't need to pedal and it's not like straight but almost straight couple of switchbacks and that's all so here you don't have nothing like that mm-hmm yeah, it's very different, isn't it? And I, I think I think it's surprising when you watch, you know, professionals race um, and their results can vary so much from one event to the other. But what you have explained there just shows you how difficult it can be for somebody who is riding training and, say, lives in Malaga or somewhere like that with that climate and then comes and races, let's say, in Scotland or somewhere on the EWS. You know, yep. you can see how difficult that may be for somebody like that mm. um so it was really well explained um so yeah we like to think we've got really technical stuff you know yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing i mean uh, of course with these kind of trails i'm not surprised that then you have the likes as Keelan, greg callahan killian callahan you know all these yeah. the, the, the top irish guys of course Nathan McComb, when he was actually following all the races with the Vitus uh, Track Cup, mm-hmm. and I got to see him in action, you know, like in Finale Liure, in Ainsa, in a couple of races when we were I was covering the Enduro Series. So 
Uh, seeing them, of course, how they handle the technical terrain is, is amazing. And then I realized when I came here, I said, oh, of course, <laughs> here is what, what, they, what they, they have, so of course. And then in Spain, it's the same. When you see the top riders, and they go to race in Asturias, and those same, the locals there go race and in Malaga or somewhere in the south, and you immediately notice the difference that they gonna be still on the top 10, but the position switch a little bit you know mm. when when the terrain is more wet and more suitable for the north and for the people living in the north of course they do best and all between in the top 10 but they you have the, that slight difference that okay this is my kind of terrain i remember mm -hmm. just greg callahan saying in the um, he was in the in the interview from the la this last stage of the North Star California that he said that there was a, I think it was the five, the fifth stage of the five, of the six. And he said, this is the more Irish one because it was really <laughs> short, really, but all in between trees and corners and everything. So of course, more suitable to the kind of mm -hmm. riding you have here in, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man, it's cool. Um, so Yari, have you traveled anywhere else in Ireland to ride the bike? Oh, <laughs> Ravensdale, Rostrevor, uh, Kahir, 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 I don't know how you pronounce, the, the last race of the Gravity Series. Right, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, I was in Casaguelan, actually, when Nathan McComb came for the Irish Championship. Okay. So I took a couple of days off and went with him to see where all started for him, Casaguelan. So I stayed mm -hmm. with him there, really nice Craig with them and all the friends, riding with the locals and then went to Ramsdale for the Irish Championship. Uh, I have been in, I went to Bikepark Island because they, before they closed. Here, of course, the Gap next to mm -hmm. Tindok. I don't ride too much in the Gap because it's, the trails are too short. Really fun, really, really nice, but it's too short. So I prefer like Tignock, Tribaden Woods, uh, Balinasto, Balihaura. I, I was in Balihaura also mm -hmm. three days on my own. I said, okay, let me check this trade center there. It was really good. Um, Joe's Woods is really well known for the for everyone that lives nearby in in here in in Dublin. Then what else? Kilalu, I mentioned it. Well, every single place where all the racing has been taking place. So of course, I went there. And then on my own, I have been checking as much as possible because as I ride daily here in Tignock or nearby, I don't have car. Mm -hmm. What I do is rent, I usually rent a van for the weekend and, you know, I go where, I check where it's not raining. That's <laughs> because always rains, but where is supposed to be the less rainy spot? Okay, I go there and then spend a couple of days there and it's, it got, got to meet lot of places right now and in, in Ireland looking forward to for the next races in um, uh, Castle Wellens coming up Castle Wellens the next one mm. the, the next one for the Vitus Track Cup I will you, you have Carrick Mountain but Carrick Mountain I have been already there like five times or six times uh -huh. because one of my first days when I I was already like two, two months here I said okay I'm more or less settled up I already got to know Tignock and the nearby area and the first uh, the first day I rented a car I just went to Carrick Mountain and mm -hmm. I did I spent a full day doing the Enduro Series track from 2016 
or long day on the saddle, but so much fun, so much fun. And so far, Carrick, I enjoy it a lot because it has some sections that are more or less on the top section, open wide area, a bit more rocky and stuff like that. Really, really nice terrain there. Yeah, cool, man, cool. Um, it sounds like you should be working for, um, I don't know, Tourism Ireland or something. <laughs> <laughs> if they need some help, hey, why not? Mike and I is doing a great job. I can collaborate uh-huh. with anyone that asks for it. Yeah, more than cool. happy. Cool. Well, let me ask you this, Yari. Is there anywhere in Ireland that has really surprised you? You have went there not expecting that much, but you found it really, really good. Where, where's your favorite places? Well, my favorite, as I said, is Carrick. Mm-hmm. But the one that surprised me the, the most, Kilalu. Mm. Kilalu for the Gravity Series. It was the second race, I believe it was, the second race. You know, it's a really small mountain. You check it out on... Actually, there was nothing available, like trail forks or nothing. I checked something in, on Strava, as usual. You have the segments and everything. I saw something. I said, oh, okay, let's see it. Amazing place. Of course, also biking IE, Gravity Series, and the people behind that, you know, Niall Davis, Garrett, and everyone, they yeah. did a great job to get the, the, the trace ready for the race. And it was a really nice mix, you know, there were a couple of fast peak sessions. Then you had technical trace inside the forest. It was not so muddy. So for me, it was the ride on spot. Like I could ride down on the trainings because I did, I tried on the on the training day to do the same as everyone else. Of course, shooting all the, or doing all the photos and everything. But I tried mm-hmm. to ride all the sessions. So I got to know what is actually being done on the actual race. I tried to do without risking too much because I have all the camera with me and everything. But mm-hmm. and there were a couple of really techy sections uh, that I enjoyed a lot, you know. But techy talking more like rocky and bit steps down and stuff like that that I enjoyed a lot. So it su- surprised me for such a small place. It was really nice. And then you have around the, the, the small village of Kilalu. We stayed. I stayed with another rider that went for the race together on a small uh, bed and breakfast there. And we had a really nice dinner. We went to a pub, locals, you know, live music for someone from, from the village. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a, a, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I will say that surprised me. That spot surprised me a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's cool that when you can link that kind of Irish tradition with the small pub and the open fire and the crack, the crack, as we say afterwards, when you can link all that together after a good day's riding, it's something else, isn't it? Yes, I, and it actually was like that. You know, they, yeah. they had a small <laughs> fire there. Yeah, yeah, you just describe uh-huh. it. You just describe it. It was like that. We said, not late, but, you know, had dinner, sit there, enjoyed the music. The people come in, saying hi to the musicians. Then suddenly somebody jumped in and started playing the, um, how you, the, the, the pipes or how you call it? I don't. Guy uh-huh. type Spanish. I don't remember how it's in English. The oh, typical back, backpipe. Backpipe. Somebody uh-huh. had a backpipe uh-huh. and somebody jumped in and took it. So it was it was good. And, and more or less, when I go to races, if if the the race, the location of the race is you know like more than a couple of hours from Dublin, I just try to avoid the hassle of driving there and driving back. Not that for me is nothing is not a biggie because i'm used to drive like 10 hours for thousand kilometers in, in europe but mm. precisely for that you know that to get to know that the area to get to know 
the place is really really interesting mm-hmm. cool like would you advise anybody that's thinking of doing a mountain bike trip would you advise them to come to ireland actually i have already a couple of friends that came precisely because i say have you been in ireland oh yeah we were, you know the typical i have been in temple bar i made the photo you know on the trinity college and book of girls and this said but you didn't mountain bike no so came so now a <laughs> lot of friends from spain they are seeing all my stories on instagram and seeing all the stuff and writing i also all the coverage i do i do it in spanish too so they are up to date for the to about the irish scene and they are you know like freaking out i said hey so we can visit you whenever you can i have whenever you want i have small studio i can get two guys here no problem no question asked bring your bike or you can rent it whatever and of course they are really they really enjoy it. the so far the the ones that have come they really enjoy it mm-hmm. well, that's totally, good that's totally good advisable, of course. of course yeah amazing amazing and it's is it different from europe yari the way we would have a lot well maybe not as much in ireland but in the north of ireland we have a lot of trail centers you know which are maintained by your local council and things like that mm-hmm. um, is it like that in spain is it like that around those areas are there, are there actual trail centers set up or do you just go and find trails and follow trail forks and things you hit the nail there that's one of the biggest difference not just uh, northern ireland but in general ireland uh-huh. Uh, with Spain or Portugal, the two countries that I know the most, is totally different. In Spain, it's just get your bike, get your backpack, be ready for a long day on the saddle, and go explore. Uh, just being careful that, you know, some natural parks, there are some restrictions where mountain bikes can go. That's a big fight right now. It's an, ongo- an ongoing fight, mm. especially near, near Madrid and as a, it's the biggest city together with Barcelona, so you have a couple of millions there. So it's a big crowd riding on, on all the nearby areas. But for example, for us in in Malaga, Andalusia, regions of like Castilla-La Mancha, not close to big cities, you just go. As long as you don't see something close, you know, like gate or something like that, just go. Mm-hmm. And it's very typical to um, use the same hiking trails for mountain biking, so that depends also on the group you're riding with and you know, and the, the skills you have and how willing are you to get lost in the mountain. So <laughs> my first first like two, three, four years in Mallorca, we got to explore each and every rock almost in in, in Mallorca. <laughs> and it was really, really interesting, really to discover some amazing, amazing landscapes. You know, like Mallorca is, doesn't have really big mountains. The highest is 1.4 kilometers only. Well, higher than the Caronto Hill, but even though uh, for for Spain that has up to uh, almost 4,000 meters high in the in the Can- in Canary Island, of, of course. So in Malaga is the same, and then here in Ireland is more, you know, trade centers or mm-hmm. trails areas. You will say, okay, let's go to Joe's Woods. So you know that Joe's Wood Park here, you have more or less a small infrastructure like parking spaces. People go into Power Score Waterfall, and then you have trails around. If you have a local that show you the trails, even better, because then you can link, for example, from Tignock. You can start riding in Tignock and link to other Joes and get to Balinastow. You can do the Wiglow mm-hmm. Way. Some people have done it. I wanted to do it. Haven't got the opportunity yet, but I want to do the Wiglow Way on the bicycle, of course. 
So it's really, really different, really different from that point of view. In, in Spain, the trade center right now, you have already, I would say already more than close to maybe 15, 20 trade centers. Mm-hmm. But think that Spain is like, I don't know how many times bigger than an island, but three, four times, I don't know, but mm-hmm. around that maybe. The most well-known, of course, will be Zona Cero, where they held the Enduro Series for two years, AINSA. Mm, and then you have smaller places that are growing up, growing up. Some people uh, doing really nice job in gravity, how it was called. Uh, well, that's near, uh, near Tuña. They organize um, one of the Spanish Enduro Series and the, one of the Spanish uh, championship, down, downhill championship also past year, I think it was. They have a trade center that, that is growing a lot and they're precisely uh, like doing enduro stuff, downhill stuff, roadies also for roadies. They have some uh, tracks, so they're doing really well and growing fast. It's really interesting spot to check also. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. no, no. The big difference is this. The trail centers kind of or trail areas in Ireland and Spain is just open wide wilderness. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you prefer, Yari? Do you prefer the trail center? Mm. Different, eh? Uh, it's a interesting question. I will say I prefer open areas mm-hmm. that let you explore. I don't care if I need to hike a bike for one hour because I'm used to it. I have done it a lot. But the places you get, you know, the loneliness, the the you know that that feeling of hey, right now. Me and my two, three other friends, whatever, who are, who is in the group, or maybe me, Chasalon, we are the only ones right now on this path, away from any, you know, crowded place or whatever, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, finding really nice spots and landscapes, and is is amazing. You can get that with the trade center. You know, some spots are okay, like Ross Trevor, you get to the Kodak, uh, to the Kodak point and you have really nice views there. But then you are standing there and, you know, nonstop uh, one biker and another one and another mm-hmm. one and another mm-hmm. one. So kind of, you know, like mm, it, it in the roots of mountain biking, I would say it, there is a bit of this adventure. Go and explore and try to be like a little bit uh, away from everything. But on the other side, man, I do Metro One. They call it now. I think the new name is uh, Skyline. That they, mm, they got the, this name from Colche. Mm-hmm. And Metro One, I can do it non-stop. You know, berm, berm, really well, really flowy, really well built trail. Berm, berm, double. Then another one, really nice. We don't have that in Spain or Portugal. You have a couple of pun tracks. If you have something like that, you need to go to a to a bike park. There are not many in in, in Spain, other than La Pinilla, La Fenasosa, a couple more. And here you have immediately Balinastow. Oh, it's amazing. I can do endless loops there, you know, mm-hmm. and not touching mm-hmm. the natural trace because some days you feel like, no, I just want to let it go, enjoy the flow, you know, <laughs> the wind yeah. flowing, not you know like getting stuck with roots roots rocks and just enjoy it and also even climbing like you are enjoying it and don't always want to be climbing and technical stuff so it's, mm-hmm. it's 
is a tough call, but I will say open wilderness area. I would prefer that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. You know, I think the Trail Center is very, very good for getting people interested in mountain biking. It's a safe okay. area. It's graded, so, you know, you're not going to be going out of your comfort zone and, and things like that. Yep. Um, and certainly what you're saying there about, you know, I don't really feel like riding bumpy technical, you know, natural trails today. I'll just stick to the trail center. I totally agree with that because there's there's days I would totally feel like that. You know what I mean? I just want to go in the flow here. I want to try a few wee jumps. I want to just take it easy, you know, and especially if it's wet, if it's been really wet um, and you don't want to mess up the natural trails and everything else. The trail centers have, in my opinion, a really, really good kind of I don't know how to put it but for mountain biking to grow and for more people to get involved I think the trail centers are a real necessity hmm. yeah you know sure. people like to go they like to park their car they like to be able to change and changing facilities they like to be able to have like at Castle Well and you can have showers you can rent bikes you can have coffee you can have cake hmm. you can yep. do all those things and people I think like that and it's nice to have that huh Yep, yep, correct. You're, you're totally, totally right. This is also one of the things I noticed here, you know, in Spain is more like, hey, you're gonna get into mountain biking, okay, get a bicycle and pray for the group you're going with are not the, you know, the hardcore in the area because <laughs> first day they will take you to the takiest, gnarliest, yeah. rockiest uh, trail in, in the area and then of course you will never want to get the bike again. <laughs> uh, or then you will get into this, you know, all lycra, uh, gel eating and paying attention to heart rates, guys, uh -huh, and uh -huh. they will do a 100 kilometers ride and kill you to death, you know, uh, <laughs> eight hours on the saddle. So, yeah. And you see it, for example, in AINSA. Uh, the common conception for a lot of people, now that AINSA is really well known and everyone is going, AINSA has trails for everyone for all the levels but if you check the statistics the trails people ride the most are the trails blue and bit of you know a mix of blue and black not too technical mm -hmm. because at the end the biggest amount of riders they're not looking for the steepest uh, mm -hmm. gnarliest trails no they're looking to enjoy have fun Three, four-hour stop on the bicycle, go back, and as you said, enjoy the local food, the pine, have a caña in Spain, we'll say, have a beer with the lads and talk about the day, uh, show the, check Instagram, what I've been doing, check these photos, send it to your friends, and, you know, they are sitting there working, and you're really making them envious of you, riding. So in Einstein, <laughs> for example, you have that. You have really technical, really big descents, really People do it, but not as much mm -hmm. as the other ones that are nearby inside the small loops, really fun with really nice views around the area. For us in Ohen, where I used to live, it was the same. Ohen is really well known for the big, long technical descents. When we used to do there for five years in a row, then the Spanish Enduro Open, mm -hmm. Ohen every year, every year, all the riders said, this is the most technical race of the season. Everyone in Ohen, due to the rocky terrain, loose, steep, so it was. But then you have a small, really small area in Ohen, uh, like four kilometers from, from the village, called Purla, 
Purla Valley is small valley. Trails are a bit like sandy. Like the terrain is more like sandy, not not pure soil. And there is no much like uh, how you say uh, climbing. You have like top in total like 70, 80 meters climbing from the lowest point to the highest point, mm. and you have like six, seven trails that we have been improving. When, when I was living there, I was improving and uh, with together with a couple of other guys and a couple of bike shops that involved got involved. We opened a couple of trails. Hey, you go there, you take the statistics. You know, I'm a bit of freaky on all this, using freak, <laughs> using the, of course, software engineer background and everything, Strava and all the tools and everything. Uh, you have the technical, really nice trails that I enjoy more, like natural technical trails. You take the Strava or whatever, and you see that these trails are ridden by, you know, I don't know, 10, 10 bikers per week. Mm-hmm. The other area, you have 200 riders per week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That, you know, I never actually thought of that as far as Strava and all goes, that you could actually use that for... Oh, a yeah. statistic to see how how what trails are being reading and ridden and how many times and that's actually very interesting. Yep, yep. Trailforks also helps for this. Mm-hmm. You can so also use Trailforks for these statistics, but they are improving daily, getting better and better and better on this. But yeah, a mix of everything. But Strava is a good tool for this also. Mm-hmm. Tell us a wee bit about Trailforks then, Yari, because you're you you work for them. You you kind of. Um, you're involved with them, you're an admin for Spain and Portugal and stuff. Tell us a wee bit about Trail Forks and, and what you do and how that came about. Well, more than, you know, the, Trail Forks, let's say, works like a Wikipedia of trails. Yeah. So you will not say that I work for them. It's more like I collaborate as much as possible with them. I I just started, I got to discover Trail Forks when I went to in 2015 to Whistler. I spent one month in Whistler. It mm. was my first endurable series, like on place that I check it out. I tried to do some coverage. I tried. That was uh, my first couple of interviews for Spanish riders, Tony Ferreiro, Chus Castellano, stuff like that. And then this guy, Chus Castellanos, is really well known in the in the racing ambience in Spain. He told me, "Hey, uh, you can ride everything. Well, is really well signalized, but." Download this uh, this application. It's just starting. It's related with Pinbike. Uh, they have everything here. Maybe in Spain it's not so well used, but at that point, at that moment, Whistler, I downloaded Trailforks and it was admin. I didn't need help from anyone. So I, I was really surprised when I came back to, at that point I was living in Dominican Republic, came back to Dominican Republic, started using it a little bit, and then I thought, hey, there is, there is no trails in Palma de Mallorca, in Mallorca in general. And I had, you know, 10 years already worth of GPX of all my trails, all my roads. Mm. So I said, why not? Let me start putting it in together, putting it together, putting it together. At some point, I started using it so often that I just started to ask on the forum. They have a help forum. Hey, I need to do that, this. I have like, I don't know how many files to upload. Can I do block, uh, batch upload and then... Finally, I got um, an answer from the main developers from the application. They have been really helpful through the years. And then they saw that I was working so much, blooding so much, correcting all the trails. You know, what I want or what I felt is that, hey, I'm going to this place. I want to ride. 
if I don't have the time or I don't know anyone, even if, if it is a different country, you know, and you don't speak the language. And so it's, diff it's hard to get people there. And maybe that area, they don't even have a um, company with guiding and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you, you are on your own. So Strava, yeah, you can use Strava, of course, but Strava just show you it's more towards a kind of racing, let's say, you know, like timing. Mm -hmm. timing. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. is oriented towards precisely this. Okay. You get to a place and you know that the trail trails are there, the routes are there, the events that someone has created for that area usually is done by locals and corrected and improved, as I said, like a Wikipedia of trails, you will you will mm -hmm. say so. So it was the same. Uh, at the point I said, oh, okay, I'm no I'm, I'm going to Ireland. I open a trail forks, Dublin, where is my office? Sunday four. Oh, Tignock. And then I, I already knew Carrick about uh, after the three years on the Durable series here. So I know mm -hmm. I checked Carrick. I said, oh, okay, Carrick is this, you know, makes you, helps, helps you really, really, really good when you go into some place and you don't, you don't have all this information. You can check the trails. They are improving a lot, adding new features. They are now opening for hiking, snow, skiing, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of different also outdoors in general. They started focusing on mountain biking, but nowadays they are opening. They have, you can import all your riding from Strava or from any, they are actually, they came to, a, to an agreement with Garmin. So now you have with the new brand new Garmin, you have trade forks included in there. So it's wow. a big step. Yeah, yeah, it's a big step for them. So it's been, it has been really useful. And my day-to-day -day task is, uh, right now, for example, I have Spain. Spain has been improving a lot, has been growing and growing a lot. So nowadays, like weekly, I have maybe 40, 50 new trails by people. So what I do is check the trails. They follow, you know, the basic standards, at least correct naming. You have a GPS track included. So, of course, there's no point uploading a trail if you don't have the GPS track. If, you, if the user has included a short description, that's useful. Then I check the area that they included. Sometimes people don't, when they are started, don't use it really well. So they maybe in, include, <clears throat> sorry, they add the trail under general, you know, Spain. Oh, but I know more or less the area. Okay, this trail is here. I've been riding so much, going so much places in Spain that more or less rings a bell. Not everything, but more or less I can mm -hmm. tell, okay, this should be in this area. So I check it out. And again, I use Strava, Wikilog, stuff like that, tools to double check all this information. Okay, so this trail belongs to this area. So I go, I did the trail, add it to the correct location. Some people write me and ask me, hey, I need to add this new region because this region is not added. And then people start using it. And some users are really like using it really well and really often. So at some point I say, hey, apply for admin for that area, say Valencia. So there is a guy that started like that and today, I don't care about Valencia, let's kind mm -hmm. of, no? so I know that he's doing a really good job. He's, so it's a community working together mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. the best information possible to, for anyone and helps, helps a lot. I, I think like a really good uh, tool for a lot of stuff and they are growing and growing and added, as I said, more statistics and more features and more helps you to get, uh, you know, maybe to get, uh, an area, if you're doing a project and you want to create, for example, a trade center or something like that, then get data from there and see how much people are riding here, 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 and then 
present that together with all the information you have, of course, you gather on on the trails and everything to present that to, to the local government or whatever to apply for a you know a help uh, economic help to create a trail center or stuff like that. Mm. They are they are helping a lot. And then on the racing on the racing and events part is so easy. You just upload the the racetrack. You create the different. You say, okay, this is enduro. This is a race stage race. These are the stages. It's all really like visual. You start end, start end, start end, and it creates generates automatically the profile for the race, the different sections, how much climbing, how much descent, and that helps a lot for the racing uh, actual races uh, mm -hmm. organizers. And I have pushed a lot the last two three years. So in Spain, wherever I go. I try to help organizer. I help here is doing. I'm doing of of course the same for the gravity series and for the Vitus track Cup. Each time I go, I immediately create the event. Well, the events are created beforehand, and then I add the track so everyone can check it out. It's really, really, really useful. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? It's very, very time. You know, you you put a lot of time, a lot of effort into it, and for somebody to do that and not be getting paid for it is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's I don't know how to say that. I, I feel that others are doing it too, and everyone is putting a little bit of the time on there. So why not? You know, it's it's like going and cleaning a trail. Why mm -hmm. not? You know, it's let's if everyone does a little bit of this, hey, it will be just amazing because yeah. You will have all the information or your fingernails. You can, of course, with this at the same time, you will get people saying, I don't want this because I don't want my trades, my local trades to get known by dollars. But if you check in general, in general, the statistics, this gets you more pluses than negatives at the end. Okay, you know, if yeah. you have an underdeveloped area and you have a small village that people are going away from there because there is no war, there is no nothing. Suddenly you have people coming, people coming to to ride. Then after the ride, they want to uh, eat something. They want to maybe stay for the weekend. So they're looking for a bed and breakfast to stay. They're looking for, then you want to get the trails well-maintained so you can get one, two, three guys, whatever, on a payment basis if you have the the, the support, no economical for support for that, cleaning the trails and help, you know, and then all this start, starts growing. AINSA, the perfect example, I know the best. I have worked with them also a couple of times and, and related to Enduro Series and racing there and everything. They started they just free guys, you know, free guys mm. on their own, cleaning the trails from themselves and from nobody was paying, nobody was saying, hey, in 10 years, you will have a revenue of the last last number. I, I think it was 13 or 14 million euros. They have mm -hmm. like not duplicated or triplicated. They have like uh, I, I don't like don't have the, the words like 10 times more the, mm -hmm. the, the, the revenue from the money they have invested. So this is the thing that, that at the end, I think people looking forward for created kind of trade centers or riding areas or stuff like that could be looking after. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting indeed. And it's it's interesting how the technology thing is, is helping riders and everything else. It's, it's actually very, very cool. Now, you're right, tell us a wee bit about Pink Bike, how you get into that, how you get involved with those guys. Oh, yeah. This, well, as I mentioned earlier, I had my blog. I've been mm-hmm. blogging mountain bike related like for 10 or 12 years, more or less. Uh, at the beginning, it was not my own blog. I was helping to keep the Ohen, Ohen Bikers, at the, that uh, really well-known club I mentioned from Malaga. I said, hey, I can take ownership of the of the blog. I can, wherever we go, we can start blogging there. So I started blogging there. And like, f- precisely when I went to Whistling to 2015, the idea came up. So I said, okay, let's create my own blog and stuff. So, and at some point I said, hey, there is no... Um, Nothing on pin bike for Spain. Nobody's doing it. No, yeah, you see in Spain only you know like main racing, enduro series, of course, downhill uh, World Cups, championships. Then I remember seeing the enduro series on Carrick Mountain, the reports and stuff. I said, um, if something is happening in Spain, nobody knows about it. You know, I was blogging in Spanish. I have a big follow up. At some point, I had now it's a bit down of course because i'm not uh, 100% following everything because i just can't keep up being yeah. living now in ireland but at some point i had more than 1000 visitors daily checking the racing checking all the all the details checking everything and then I, I said well i can more or less i think my english is good enough to to write a, a, a nice article and i will try to publish it and then actually my first article on Pinbike uh, on Pinbike was not actually racing from Spain or something like that. It was a um, recap of one month I spent in Crimea, riding in Crimea, Russia. Russia. Right, right. wow. Yeah, yeah, because I have a really good friend that is really into racing scene and everything there in Russia for many years already. And he created his own uh, mountain bike guiding stuff there in Crimea. You have big mountains there, close to 2,000 meters high. Uh, he has been working already like 10 years there. And a couple of years ago, three years ago, when I came back from Dominican Republic, you know, I was like, what should I do? What I will do after a lot of changes and everything. And he said, hey, come here, spend all the time you want with me. You can ride together with me. Uh, you can act as like, you know, co-guide with the groups that come in and stuff like that. So I said, why the hell now? Let's go. Let's do it. I spent one month there. For me, it's also e- easier because I have, I have my Russian passport. I understand. I speak Russian, so it's not an issue for me. So it was perfect for me. And then afterwards, I said, okay, I'm writing a daily blog entry on Spanish, where I'm doing, where I'm going, the trades we write today and everything. And at the end, I said, let me write something for Pinbike. Why not? Mm-hmm. Try to take my best photos from this trip and... Hey, I published the article. I sent it to the editorial uh, check-in. They corrected a couple of things. They said, good to go. It appeared on the front page. And man, it was crazy. Wow. <laughs> Suddenly, it was like, I noticed on the blog also. The blog, boom, one day after I, it was published on Pinbike, it just skyrocketed. Visitors from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, And then comments on the on the pin bike story on the pin bike article and everything for good for bad you know how it is social media so you of have course, kind yeah. of, of stuff so i feel like oh this could help me 
to deflect on my also on my Spanish blog and everything. So why not? And then at some point I was already, you know, not thinking already on my Spanish blog or whatever. It was just like, let's give visibility to Spanish racing, Spanish riders. So I started, I have uh, on, the, on the Spanish, the on my blog, the section for interviews. So I started interviewing as much riders as possible, organizers. Uh, Salva Moreno, for example, Salva Moreno has done a lot for Malaga. He's the official videographer for Chain Reaction Team Cycles for mm -hmm. several years already. And I interviewed Salva, interviewed uh, Sergio Zurdo, organizer of uh, Endurama Series. Poa, this guy from the Ohen Bikers, really well known in Andalusia and Malaga. You know, getting names and faces out in the wild so people see Okay, this and who is this? Who is that? Uh, I can go riding there, here, the races, and then deflating all that in English so people can read it on pin bike. And man, that was so. Again, nobody's paying a penny. I do it because I really, really, really enjoy it. And people starting so just you know asking, hey, I want to go to this race, Yari. Uh, what do you advise? Uh, uh, how I needed to do uh, organizer even starting. Uh, hey, Yari, you, can you blow this on Facebook? Can you do this? Can you do that? And you know, like a snowball starting, started, started. So I got involved on that. And so far, you know, is I have already like 60 or 70 block entries. Mm -hmm. I tried on pin bike. I tried to each time improve um, a lot as much as possible. I tried to relay on my own on because. You know, when you go to races and everything like that, the usual is somebody writes and maybe somebody, you take the photos from really well-known photographers, also all this stuff. But I also like photography, so I would, I have been improving all my skills as much as possible. I know that I'm far from the best guys in the, in the outside out there. But hey, I think I'm doing more or less a good job enough to get the word out there. Mm -hmm. So, for example, this year in Ireland, more or less the same. Other than the dual series and a couple of articles, uh, scattered articles about the Irish racing scene, there was not very much. bit more than Spain when I started, back in Spain. So I said, why not? And very, very thankful to Glenn O'Brien and Niall Davis. And, of course, Nathan McComb, the lizard, that put me mm -hmm. in contact with them to give me the opportunity to do all this coverage. I'm getting to know, so back to the one of the main uh, starting question about the racing and mountain biking scene in Ireland. Through this, I have getting, I'm getting to know so many different persons, so many different places, mm -hmm. feeling, feeling like, like home, you know, makes me yeah. feel like home. Yeah. Well, well, Yari, your, your blog reports on the Irish racing are very very good i really like them Thank and you. i must admit your images capture it so well and i i don't know if it's because you're you know you're from you're from spain or whatever and you're not used to the weather in ireland but there's one image you have and it's just a guy standing with his five tens on or whatever and he's just standing in mud i love that image <laughs> you know, he's got the bicycle shorts on and because that just covers the Irish race scene so well, you know. Um, good, good. It, Interesting. An, I don't yeah, remember right now which one it is, but I will I will check it out immediately <laughs> to see yeah, which one it is. It's cool, man. Like, I, 
I really enjoy it. I think it's really good. I love the way you have lots of imagery there on the on the uh, the blog write ups and stuff. It's really cool. Um, so thanks so much for doing that. I think it's awesome that you've come here. You're working here. You're covering the scene. Um, I think it's amazing. Yep. Thank you. No, no. I'm as I said. Thank you to everyone that also say thanks. You know, in the middle of the trail to everyone that mm, just uh, saying hey, as you say right now. You're doing a well, a good job. You're getting the Irish scene out there in the wild, and people are getting to know this and that. You know, because the usual is Carrick, the Enduro Series. Of course, Greg Callahan, Killian, Kaylan, Jack Devlin, Glenn O'Brien, of course, mm-hmm. really well known, and some other guys and some new riders that are coming in and getting to know. But it's not just that, you know, it's, it's precisely it's more or less the same as in Spain. Everyone knows, or more or less everyone knows that follows uh, r- racing. Yao Garay, uh, Gabi Torralba, Gabi Torralba for Bea, Mariano Marina from Ibiza riding for um, team and in, in, in also Guillem Sanz and stuff like that. But what I wanted was more like something like you just mentioned now, you know, I want to show the people, what I would like to read, you know, because you mm-hmm. have the typical press article from any any magazine, you know, that, well, this race took place in this play, in this location, the winner was blah, 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 the, the second was this one, the first one was this, that, and it rained a little bit, and a couple of pictures from the, from the photographers that were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to sit down, and I'm more a kind of guy that enjoys reading. That's why I'm blogging. I'm not doing video. I don't have a YouTube channel or whatever because for me, it's easier. You know, like when I'm typing, I get, even for Pinbike, they have their editorial rules. So I cannot write much more. I cannot write more than because they try to tell the story using photos. And that's okay. That's perfect. But on my blog in Spanish, I can. Some days I just like, hey, stop! Don't write so much because. So- <laughs> and actually, people, some some people tell me, send me messages and say, hey, the last report, oh, it was long, that it was really long. I said, did you read it? Yeah, 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 I read it. It was like being there. That's my goal. Yeah. So what I want is precisely people that, from outside or people from maybe from the same country but didn't get the opportunity to get there, people that are starting trying first time racing or stuff like that, they can check it out. They can see it and say, hey, I can go. I can do this. It's not just for, you know, pro riders and hardcore riders. No, no. It's for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool, mate. And I think you you certainly succeed in doing that. Um, It's really, really cool. Now, I'm a wee bit concerned on our time here, but I want to know, what's your future plans, Yari? What have you got planned for the future? Oh, my, <laughs> this is a, a question I get get asked for from friends and family, of course. You know, uh-huh. hey, you are too old to be playing with bikes and stuff uh-huh. like that. You know, so never too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So I have no idea. You know, I I I wish I could tell you, hey, yeah, I have this plan and this is all settled on stone and everything. But Gareth, I I was, you know. Three years ago, I was in Dominican Republic thinking on having kids, buying a house, 
mm. you know, moving back to mm-hmm. Spain when we finished that uh, work uh, season there in Dominican Republic, you know, like settling in as a normal, and then suddenly I'm in Ireland. I came here only with my laptop, my bike, and a couple of other stuff. I sold my van there and everything I had there. I didn't have too much, actually, to say, because I was almost like living on my van for the last two years in back in Spain. Mm. So my plan is working, of course, because at the end, you need to pay the rent and you need to, to pay the bills yeah. and yeah. have something to eat and everything and, and save some money for when you are not working and, you know, pension and all that. But all, the rest of the time, trying to get to know, trying to discover new places. I like to, I have, my bikes are not, you know, fanciest of the latest, the, the newest bikes I don't change. My full suspension bike is 10 year old. People mm-hmm. say, why you change the, the bike? Hey, new bike will be, you know, three grams, four grams, whatever. With that, I can travel one month full, you know, with everything full month, in the apps or go to Whistler or go. So I would say my plan would be uh, keep traveling, keep uh, getting to know new places, keep to improving my um, photography skills so I can reflect, as you were saying, as much uh, the best I can of of my traveling and racing is seen. Of course, here in in Ireland, I'm looking forward for the last two races of the season in Carrick and Gasewellan, and then in winter riding as much as possible and getting used to to the wet <laughs> to the wet and to the muddy riding here and let's see let's see what future mm. maybe i can in five years i will be if i don't know in carry uh, with a sheep farm and married and think it's <laughs> i don't know you know you or maybe i will have in five years i don't know where you know new yeah. zealand i don't know yeah. Are you planning to stay in Ireland for much longer or? Yeah, yeah. For the moment, for the moment, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, well, I have a job contract for already for a couple of years. So minimum, minimum. Yeah, for sure. Two years. And oh. I would say seeing so uh, uh, what I have seen for this nine months, I have been living here already. And I said, I'm, I'm feeling almost like like home, you know, with the people I'm getting to know. The Irish are mm-hmm. really well open people you know like really i'm feeling really really good here so yeah for sure for sure i will be here two three four years i will say yes i will say yes cool man cool. They, they will not get rid of me so easily <laughs> cool because i'm in malta here for about another 10 months or so i definitely want to meet you in ireland before you go elsewhere oh yeah of course <laughs> of course for sure you know get get, uh, get a good riding get a couple of pints why for not? sure, man. For sure, man. It sounds like a plan. Well, Yori, listen, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the show. We could probably do another show, to be honest, because you have so much more you could chat about, about the EWS and everything else. Um, so oh, yeah. Yeah. we'll maybe bring you back on at a later stage. Uh, we'll maybe, once I get home, we can maybe meet up and do a face-to-face thing, go out for a ride and do a do a podcast on the trails or something like that. Eh? Oh, sound, sounds amazing. Sounds like a really good plan. I, I can... Even go to visit you in where you were in Malta. I was <laughs> Malta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't worry because I'm up to my eyes here. I'm. I've no time whatsoever. Um, but certainly when we get home, we'll do a couple of the trail. When I get home, we'll do a couple of the trail centers and definitely that sounds that sounds amazing. Yep, yep. Looking forward for that for sure. And cool, bud. Yep. 
Cool. Well, listen, Yari, thanks so much for coming on me, and I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, you certainly have your hands full there, but you're you're doing an, an awesome job. So um, just keep keep at it, bud. Thank we you. we need guys like you covering the Irish scene. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And as I said, I really really enjoyed doing it. So wow, I, I was planning this weekend to actually go to the grassroots uh, race and actually race it more than covering. I wanted mm-hmm. to race it in, in but down in Kerry, but things come up of course this podcast this podcast and a couple other things so i said well let's leave it for another time but yeah for sure looking forward for all these different stuff thank you very much you're more than welcome sir and i will speak to you in the near future that's a wrap for episode 105 folks thanks so much for tuning in and yari thanks so much for coming on the podcast it was great to have you involved and great to get a chat and um, I hope everything goes well with you there in the near future. And you have some time off now from the enduro scene. So you can put down your phone and you can put down your camera and you can maybe go and ride for a while. Eh? So um, I hope you enjoy that, bud, and I hope everything goes well. Now, if you want to know more about Yari and what he's up to and what he's done in the past, you can go to the show notes. You'll find them at mtb-tribe.com. You'll get quick links to Yari's blogs and all his adventures in the past and the near future. Now, if you want to support the show, the best way of doing that is subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Every one of your ratings helps us boost on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people and hopefully get people off sofas and onto saddles. And don't worry if you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen and download every show simply from there. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick, easy link to listen to the show. Now, you can also find us and get involved on social media at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And please share it with friends, let them know about the podcast and take screenshots, share it however you want and uh, get the word out there because that's how the show is best heard and best promoted is just via word of mouth and hopefully get more mountain bikers involved and get the good word out there about everything that's happening on the MTV scene globally and also in the Irish scene and let's try and promote that a little bit more as we move on into the near future so thanks folks for being a part of the MTV tribe thanks for listening to the podcast and I will chat to you next week for another show but until then get out in the trails get the bike out and stay MTB stoked